Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church and by the local church. My name is Josh Loftus. I'm here with my co-host in crime, Jack Berry. What's going on? Yes, sir. Jack, how are you? Shorn from the barber, my friend. Dude, you got a fresh cut, man. It looks good, my guy. It took about two, he took about two inches off the beard. Yeah, I was gonna say you, you you've gotten it uh, you've gotten it shaped a little bit more shaped and form fitting, I guess you could say. Yeah. So, did you feel the masculinity leave your body with, with each stroke of I, the shears? I, I didn't feel the masculinity leave my body, but you know what I did feel? I did feel the uh, absolute Pacific Northwesternness that came yes. out in the conversation with yes. my barber. Oh, oh yeah. man! Hundred percent. I literally I posted this on Twitter. And I said, "Hey, I said thanks for the um, thanks for the trim. I really appreciate that. I started to look like Father Abraham there for a second. <laughs> Dude was literally lost. It was like I told him I'm an alien from another planet. Okay, he did have he had zero clue what I was talking about. Really, and really? he goes, he like looked at me." And he was like looking at around the room. He's like, "You mean like a cult leader?" <laughs> um, uh, no, like, no, I didn't say Hebrew Israelites. No. That's said, not what I said. <laughs> I said Abraham. You know, like Abraham from the Bible. Yeah. Still, nothing. Dude, dude like no lights going on. Nothing. Nobody's at all. home. Oh man. And he goes, "Wait." He goes, "You read the Bible for fun?" <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Dude, it was oh. like so Pacific Northwest. I was Seriously. like, Seriously, so unchurched, dude. dude. And it was so funny because he's like, Hey, I live in a converted church. That's my house, but I have zero clue what you're talking about right now. And I'm like, Wow. And this is the definition of post postmodernism. Yeah, as pretty, we much. Know it, so. pretty much. Pretty much. <sighs> dude, well, dude, that's a fun segue into this story. Did you hear this story? So, so we got tagged in this by, uh, I think it was a listener. I think it was uh, Jonathan Moore. 
uh, listener yeah. of the podcast, uh, him and his wife. Um, he he sent us this article from NPR about an Arizona priest that has been using yep. the wrong <laughs> phrase in baptism for over 20 years, and the Catholic Church... Had, because of this, okay, okay, okay. So he's been doing this I've for twenty this. some odd years. I've okay, seen this. for for those who have not seen this, this is the story. I am not making this up. This is not Babylon B. This is not satire. <laughs> this actually happened, right? A Catholic priest in Phoenix has been incorrectly baptizing people for the last over over twenty years. Instead of saying "I baptize you." In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He has been saying, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. <laughs> Every, it, the number is in the thousands of baptisms that the Catholic Church has now deemed to be invalid. Wow. Because he used we instead of I. Okay, so what do we got on this deck? Because here's the thing, like, I like I didn't know, like you can't Catholic harder than this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, you got that right. You like, got that right. You can't, you can't, you can't Catholic any more than this Catholics. Yeah, okay? yeah. So this dude has been baptizing people according to the standard of the of the Roman Catholic Church incorrectly for over 20 years the numbers in the thousands of people who now according to the roman catholic church have invalid baptisms so is this like is this like you y'all like is this like y'all y'all children who have been like baptized as kids like grow up and you like like y'all see in your baptism and you like switch from presby to reform baptist and now you're like oh man i gotta get baptized again because yeah. it, it was weird like i feel like <laughs> i feel like even like that's not even to that level like yeah, this is no, like it's not even that level this is like we this is like oops uh End user error, and we now have we now have to uh, amend this again. <laughs> they control alted deleted his baptisms, man. That's what they did. I'm just one. Is it that big of a thing to say we versus I though? Well, here's the thing. Like at the end of the day, if we're gonna like if we're gonna talk about this correctly, yeah. right? As in from the reformed tradition, it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, dude. Like, this is the reason I said like this. Catholics harder than anything else. Yeah. Catholics, right? Because it's like it is so about the tradition. It's so about getting the correct phrase. Because if you don't, God doesn't done. accept it. You done messed up, a a Ron. You're done. You are not in the family. Do not pass go straight to jail. Yeah. Right. Um. And it just makes me, one, obviously, it makes me very thankful for the correct theology that we have when it comes to baptism and how it's administered and what it is. But can you, like, dude, the pressure on this dude, can you imagine how this dude is feeling right now? Dude, that guy, that guy is, like, regretting everything about his life right now. Like, <laughs> he is like, seriously, why? Why is this happening right now? Who? Huh? I I don't I don't think yeah that's I I just would not go to that kind of depth to say like they're invalid. It's just like uh, that makes no sense at that point. 
You know? Dude, this is the quote from from the church. <laughs> oh, I, th- I, I think I think it might be the bishop. It's like, if you, they say, if you were baptized using the wrong words. Oh gosh, that means your baptism is va- is invalid, Ooh, and you wee. and you are not baptized. Wow, that's okay. their statement. Can dude, you? That's banana. That's that's just upset. That's just obscene, right there. I, yeah, I can't get down with that. Nope. Not even in the slightest, dude. My heart goes out to this Catholic priest. I, I I pray he, I pray he he comes into a correct understanding of baptism, <laughs> and therefore gets that weight yo, taken off his shoulders. Because that's he, a lot of weight to throw on about, that guy. He's about dude. to be a 21st century Martin Luther right now. Oh, he's, dude, he's, he's about he's to go about nail to some. <laughs> about to recant, baby. Oh, poor guy. Well, thank you, Jonathan Moore, for sending that article to us. Um, we we truly do appreciate it. Uh, Jack. Yes. Something something that I wanted to talk about. So earlier earlier this week, mm. I put out a I put out a meme. More spiciness, yeah. All right, and it was it it, it 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 was a spicy meme. It was, I, it was I will level admit. three or level I, four, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. The meme was, you know, that dude holding the sign in public, right? Uh-huh. And then you can put whatever whatever you want on the sign. I I, I put on the sign that the the concept of lead pastor, yes, yeah. right, within the church, yeah, is an unbiblical concept and uh-huh. cannot be supported by scripture. Uh huh. I, you know what? I didn't get a lot of hate, dude. I, okay, this I, is what I, this, I was. I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, dude, we are gonna lose like tens of followers today, maybe. <laughs> and it's like, man, we may have lost one, but that may have been a bot. Maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a bot. Uh, um, and then on top of it, like you gained, we gained a little bit more with your, <laughs> with the catechism kids. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, dude, the catechism meme was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. That was good. Um, that was good. But, but, yeah. but. I wanted to use that as kind of a springboard for us to further suss out because we we want to be able to, you know, on hotter topics, more nuanced topics, mm. we want to be able to discuss them more at length. Yeah. And we thought that the concept of lead pastor um, was worth having an ep on. Yeah. Because Absolutely. there's a lot of churches, a lot of churches. And, you know, I've been part of these churches, right, yep. that, that have this kind of hierarchical... Uh, at least, at least, at least in their verbiage, uh-huh. right? Hierarchical uh, uh, verbiage within the local church that you have your lead pastor or senior pastor, you have an executive pastor, you have you know, and it just kind of like marches down the line, much like a board of directors for like a company would, yeah, right. Yeah. And we see this 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 methodology, this verbiage utilized a lot in the local church, sure, yeah, right, and and how that verbiage translates into actual practical action mm-hmm. can vary depending on the church yes, right but absolutely. but but we want to talk about today just kind of the concept of why we believe the term the the position however you know whatever extent that 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 manifests in of lead pastor or or really any hierarchical language or methodology used within an elder team mm-hmm. why we're not fans of that right and, yeah and and we wanted to talk about it so i'm gonna throw it over to you first okay jack and 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 i want you to just kind of start the conversation here on maybe maybe start us on perhaps why 
that's attractive to some churches. Yeah. I would say that, um, you know, I've been a part of churches with this lead pastor model too. And I've really come to a conviction over the year. I mean, over probably the last couple years of where I'm like, I don't think I could be at a church anymore that uses these terms. Um, nor I, could I be at a church that functions the way that some of them do, which is like your lead pastor is this visionary and he has, you know, these ideals and things that he wants to do with the church versus yeah, no plurality of elders. Uh, and there's no hierarchy within that. And each elder has giftings uh, that are unique to them, but they all share in in uh, authority, you know, to make the decisions as a team, not as one person pushing down policy and then everybody else following in line. Um, so, you know, I think the I think the biggest thing too is that over the years, just a lot of churches that have been in um, crisis mode and have had issues have been churches that have had quote unquote lead pastor in their title when they're going through scandal or or anything like that. I mean, um, this goes back to how, how the church, how church polity is dealt with. This goes back to ecclesiology. This goes back to a lot of, I mean, two of those things come up to my mind immediately, but it's like, are we trying to do this whole, let's take business practices and incorporate them into the church or just let the church be the church on what we see in Scripture and in the narrative of Scripture, which what I see in the epistles where you see a lot of this language is you see Paul investing in Timothy and Titus and others to not be necessarily lead pastors, but just be pastors and then get accountability of a team of elders around them so they can have pastors to lead the church um and a lot of i've i've known a lot of people who interpret this as no like timothy and titus are lead pastors like they'll interpret those things as lead pastors and i wouldn't go so far into that role but i would i would say that you see in scripture and in the epistles a definite uh a structure of having a plurality of elders and it does not necessarily give um, structure to that. Now, in church history, you saw structure based upon reactionary methods. I mean, I think a lot of people went to kind of the uh, monarchical episcopate, if you will, or like that lead pastor role because they were just going to take on, you know, don't, don't, get my people in the way just take me you know it was more of a sacrificial thing in the way of persecution um and then we took that as saying okay well then they're the lead pastor so let's incorporate that into our liturgy or ecclesiology or whatnot so i just you know for me i can't get behind it uh because i've seen it done bad so many ways but yet i know of at least a couple churches off the top of my hand that do do it fairly well but I would still say, why aren't you going towards a plurality of elders and just not having titles to lean on, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. I think we live. We live. No, no, hundred percent. I'm I'm on board with hundred percent of that. And I think I think we live in a culture today, especially in America, that places a lot of value and stock into titles. Sure. Right. Um, we see that in the job force, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the positions are split up as you know within within the titles. We see that in in uh, the military, right? Yeah. The different grades, right? The different uh, ranks. Mm-hmm. We see that in the business field, right? When you have the CEO and then the 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 XFO and the all all the different FOs, yeah. right? Because there's so many of them, right? <laughs> um, and I think we. And we've covered this before, but there, there's a lot of the business model within the local church today. Yeah. We see this a lot in the Pacific Northwest as well. Yeah. Right? And Jack and I have talked about at nauseum why that's a problem, why why the business model of church is not good, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And, yeah. and the problems that it causes, right? Um, but I am convinced, and I have become increasingly convinced over the years that the hierarchical approach of of viewing elders is a consequence or i don't know if consequence is the right word but but is is an outflow a cis, a a a symptom mm-hmm. of that business model of church right now i want to make the distinction that if your church has a lead pastor and that's the verbiage that they use. It does not automatically mean that you guys are going to a business model church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? There are many, many solid churches out there that ha- that utilize this verbiage, but that also at the same time have a correct understanding of how the plurality of elders should work yeah. within the church, right? Yeah. So one does not equal the other, mm-hmm. right? Um, want to be very clear on that. There are so many solid churches out there that have a lead pastor, an executive pastor, and use that verbiage that I would be comfortable sending somebody to, sure. right? However, with that being stated, I think that there are some inherent issues and dangers that pop up when you utilize this type of verbiage and these dangers, unlike other things that you have to you have to lean into within the local church, I don't think these are nece- these are necessary. These aren't things that that you need to put into your life, yeah. right? Um, so, one of those, and and again, this is stemming from things that I have seen gone badly, is often that role of lead pastor is used as a means of setting whoever is within that role Mm -hmm. as the, and this is the term that is used, and I am not a fan of the term, the first among equals. Yeah. Oh, boy. Right? You done did it. (laughs) You done did it, Josh. It's the the first among equals that is, is used that we are all equal here. But because this individual is in the role of lead pastor, they automatically have more of a voice, more of a vision casting voice, right? Which is another thing. Like they are, they are the visionaries of the church. They cast the vision for the church. They set the spiritual tone for the church because of the gifts that God has given them. And it's usually within the realm of gifts of preaching and gifts of 
um, uh, leadership. Yeah. Right. Right. That those are usually the gifts that are emphasized to call someone to a lead pastor. You got to have the gift of preaching. You got to be a good. Uh, you have to be a good leader. Right. Now, granted, again, if you're going to be a preaching pastor at a church, it's it's good you have those gifts. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you need you need the gift of preaching. Right. That, yeah. that that needs to be there. Right. But the problem with this is that it sets these men up mm-hmm. as maybe not in in <laughs> maybe not in word mm-hmm. right because a lot of them will say oh no 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 we're all equal right but practically mm-hmm. they will have a stronger voice uh-huh and a voice that is given more weight to with the congregation and with the other elders when that lead pastor position is slapped onto their role as an elder. Right? Yeah. It 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 is a consequence that happens and we have to be real that it happens. Mm-hmm. Right? Um and I don't see and again we'll get into this more but I do not see the justification for that in scripture anywhere. Yeah, and I mean what you just said that little phrase, first among equals. Yeah. As much as people, as much as we talk about people and doctrine using phrases that are not biblical, that is one phrase that actually came out of the Roman government, the mm-hmm. ancient Roman government. Mm-hmm. Caesar was the first among equals. Yeah. In the Senate. I do not feel comfortable <laughs> having my polity uh, shaped like the ancient Roman pagan government uh, that persecuted and killed my brothers and sisters in Christ thousands of years ago. Thank you very much. Uh, I just I can't get behind that. I just can't. Um, honestly, though, I don't like that kind of posturing that churches have done. And then on top of that, the first among equals thing is slapped, you know, on your vehicle of eldership or plurality of eldership, whatever that may be. And but then, like you said, Josh, then that lead pastor is now a mini pope. He is the mouthpiece of your local church, and that's it. You can't have other pastors preaching. You can't have other people saying this. And then it starts to lead down a very dark path where we have both experienced this, where you start to see toxicity and totalitarianism and in the leadership and controlling. And that is not healthy for a local church. Well, and and yeah, yeah, these are the these are the consequences that we have seen of having this this verbiage and this mentality within local church. It is possible for this not to happen. We're not saying yeah. that 100% of the time, if you have a lead pastor, just, just wait. Just wait. He's yeah, a, it's going to it's going to happen, <laughs> right? It's going to he's going to he's going to become Hitler, right? That 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 is not at all what we're saying. But what we are saying is that the the risk that this presents and the opportunities that are presented and created Right, the environment that is created when you have this type of mentality in the church fosters these issues. Yeah, 
I just say tread, right? tread lightly, if you will. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Because, and I want to dig in a little to as, you know, um, as to why. Mm-hmm. Here's a couple things to consider. Yeah. Right. Let's let's go on 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 one extreme right you have this um position that is has the title of lead pastor mm-hmm. right that position is going to attract a very specific type of dude <laughs> yeah okay yeah um and often not all the time mm-hmm. i'm not saying all the time i don't want people to be like oh we're writing these guys off right Often, that specific type of dude that will be attracted to the lead pastor position struggles Mm -hmm. with sometimes perhaps a little pride, Mm -hmm. um, not being um, as considerate toward other individuals, uh, you know, um, disagreements or opinions, Mm -hmm. right? and when you slap that title on, it becomes a very desirable position to hold. Yeah. And it's going to attract individuals, not always, but often, individuals that want to hold that title. Mm-hmm. And wanting to hold the title is never a good reason to become an elder of the church. Yeah. Okay? Absolutely. On the other side, you have this position with the title of lead pastor Mm -hmm. and a guy who is gifted by the lord in preaching gifted by the lord in 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 you know church how you know just how church works right and how the best way to church and he's a great dude right he gets put into this position and because he is now in a position where his voice at least practically is given more Weight than perhaps some of the other elders. He is put in a position where his voice is heard more than perhaps some of the other elders by the congregation. Mm -hmm. And that the elders are effectively here to support the vision that this guy casts for the church, Mm -hmm. right? Because granted, he probably has he probably has wisdom. He probably has some very good gifts that 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 are a great benefit to the church, right? And you want yeah. to utilize those hundred yeah. percent, right? But because he has those gifts, he is placed in a position to where he effectively is about a half a step, half a step above all the elders, right? And they are there to help cultivate the vision the sky casts. Mm-hmm. You are placing that individual in a position for their pride to grow. Yeah. Yeah. And to fester. Yeah. You are placing that person in a position to where it is much easier. I'm not going to say all the time, but it is much easier for those issues that Jack and I were talking about. The tyrannical mentality, the pride, the arrogance, not listening to people. Those issues will grow much faster and incubate much faster in in the greenhouse of that position mm-hmm. than they would if the polity was structured in the way that Jack and I are suggesting, where there is no distinction made yeah. between the elders. Right? It is much harder in that 
with that polity structure within the local church for those issues to pop up. Mm-hmm. When your voice, your vote, your vision, your wisdom, the gifts that you have is equal to that of your other brothers that are on that elder team. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think another thing that kind of going off of this <clears throat> as well too is something that we've talked about in episodes past that was actually brought up by a man who is a lead pastor. That's mm. his title. Ooh. But he comes from our nine Marxist cloth. <laughs> getting a little getting a little getting a little dangerous, so, huh? Okay. So Isaac Adams, who is a pastor who was a pastor at Capitol Hill Baptist, went to go take on this lead pastor role in Alabama at this church in Birmingham called Iron City Church. He made a post on Instagram the other day that I thought was super insightful. He said, before this person is the worship director, they are the member of a local church. Amen. Before I am this, I am the member of this local church. Amen. And he went on to, to name the people who are in these positions to say, those people, their identity is first as a member of your local church and as a fellow brother and sister in Christ. Amen. Not to put the title first and then I'm this, but to say, no, here am I right here and here's how I'm serving. Yep. So that was like, okay, that, that's you built different like that. Um, <laughs> so that's something that I see in this some people who would say that they're leap and you never know maybe he is trying to do um some different changes to make it more of a uh, plurality of elders so lead pastor wouldn't mm-hmm. be a part of that you never know mm-hmm. that sometimes happens when you bring somebody from a certain mentality in like that but i think that that's a huge distinction when you have somebody who says no before i am a shepherd i am a sheep before I'm a pastor, I'm a member. That kind of humility goes tenfold to me versus somebody who would say, no, I'm a pastor first. No, I'm this first. Because at that point, you are not looking at the communal level of what the local church is. And if you only see yourself as a pastor, how on earth are you going to be healthy when all you see yourself as, as this leader in this role. Um, I've seen so many men who just, they want to be pastors and that's it. And they will stay in that mentality and they never get out of it. They just never, they never humble themselves to a point of, you know, I am first a member of the local church before I'm a pastor. You know. Well, and you know, you have to, you, ha- yeah. If you're going to be an effective shepherd, you got to smell like the sheep, mm-hmm. right? And you have to know what it is to be a member before you can understand what it is to be an elder. Yeah. Right. You have to know who you're leading before you can lead them. Yeah. Right. And that's why Jack and I are massive fans of of elders coming out of the congregation, yeah. right, and not hiring out. Yeah. Right, I, I realize sometimes it's necessary, and and there's out, out, out you know outstanding situations, but but by and large, man, you need to get your leadership from the congregation of your church mm-hmm. because they already know the people, yeah, and they are already known by the people, yeah, right. 
you, like that's where your effective leaders come from. Yeah. Whether they be deacons or whether they be elders, mm-hmm. right? Like that's where you got to get them, right? And when you have that mentality, man, and and you have that, you have that just 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 structure in your church where it's like, you know, we we as members are all on equal footing here before the throne of God. We as elders though we may be distinct in our giftings. And again, I don't, I don't mind, you know, if we're going to talk about like, well, you know, well then how do we make distinctions between our elders? One, I don't think you have to. Two, two, if if you need to for, I don't know why, but if you need to, I'm much more like, I lean much more toward the, well, you know, make the distinction between your pastors based on their gifting, not on their position. Yeah. Right, Absolutely. you can be the preaching pastor, or the counseling pastor, or you know the family's pastor, or you know something like that. Versus, because because then you are making distinctions where the Bible makes distinctions. Yeah, right. Because every pastor, every elder, and again we use those terms synonymously, are going to have different giftings based on what this Holy Spirit gives them. Right. Yeah. That's a biblical concept. Mm-hmm. Some are better at teaching. Some are better at counseling. Some are better at preaching. All those are distinct ways that the spirit enables and equips elders. Right. Yeah. Make your distinctions with that. Not he's the CEO pastor, yeah. which is effectively <laughs> what the lead pastor is. Right. Yeah. He, he's 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 the uh, you know, he's he's the he's the guy right under the CEO, which is effectively what the executive assistant pastor to is, the right? assistant regional manager, <laughs> assistant to the assistant. <laughs> little exactly. office, little exactly. office uh, joking around there for you. Yeah. So so here's the thing. And, and I've heard and, you know, both Jack and I have heard many scriptural proofs used to justify the hierarchical verbiage mm-hmm. of you know the the pastoral staff right yeah um i'm just gonna say this i say this with grace but i want you guys to know where i stand there is more evidence in scripture for pedo baptism than there is the lead pastor position in church. <laughs> he done said it right here on the podcast, folks. <laughs> there is. You you can you can infer from scripture greater and have a more solid argument for pedo baptism than you can for hierarchy within the elder team. Yeah. And 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 we need to be real with that. Right? Like we we have to be we have to be real with the the great dangers that lie in creating hierarchy within the leadership of a church, right? Because this isn't a business. Yeah. Just because someone might be more of a people person mm-hmm. or have a better a better way of communicating with people mm-hmm. does not mean that they are the face of your church. Yeah. That that's not what that equals. This is not Starbucks. Yeah. Right? And we need to be real with that. Yeah. Like and and to then to throw away this desire and this mentality that we have to gravitate toward these more business model structures because they're convenient, mm-hmm. right? And look, we are not Israel screaming for a king. And we need yeah. we need to be careful with this, mm-hmm. right? Because with this comes a lot of issues that are inherent <laughs> to having a hierarchical uh, way of of, you know, structuring your elder team. Yeah. Right. So, again, 
Jack and I are not saying that if your church has a lead pastor, that you're a bad church, or that they're they can they're ineffective, or that they don't love you. That's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is to tread lightly, yeah, <laughs> and to know that that hierarchy is going to have inherent issues that need to be watched out for. Yeah, it definitely has impacts. You know, if you have a yep. lead pastor who's only in who's only preaching who's only the mouthpiece of the church mm-hmm. how on earth are they going to be able to look after the people within their church that's a great point. sometimes those roles give credence to them just like separating and isolating from the congregation which i don't that's think a, is right that's a fantastic <laughs> point so yeah, it really is dude <laughs> Just make sure that you watch out for that because we see time and time again in this, the narrative of the epistles, you see Paul calling Timothy, calling people, calling qualified men to come up and to lead, to lead out of the congregation. You don't call, there's no, there's no like, hey, uh, I'm just going to call you and then, you know, hey, you can just stay in that hierarchical role and then not care for people. It just doesn't work like that. And to have this kind of almost disembodied relationship with a, a person that's supposed to be your spiritual leader, who's supposed to be the person that shepherds you in the scripture and supposed to be uh, in some essence... Uh, not only a spiritual brother, but also maybe even a spiritual father as well, too. To have that just as a mouthpiece to you, giving you teaching, and have zero relationship with them, I think that that's why you see maybe some people that are leaving the church to one degree. You know? Um, Yeah. and And I don't necessarily, you know, maybe... I think that that kind of posturing just is not gonna give you what you think it's gonna give you. Well, and and those individuals, those those pastors that both you and I have seen that are in that lead pastor role where all they do is preach, mm-hmm. you do that for enough time, you forget what it's like to be a sheep. Yeah. And the minute you forget what it's like to be a regular church member, that is when the trouble starts. Yeah. And you've lost your ability to effectively lead and effectively shepherd when you forget who it is that you are leading. Mm-hmm. Right? And... We have to be on guard against that, especially as leaders in the church, right? Um, yeah, and Jack and I are just convinced that 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 problem is very easily fixed, <laughs> yeah. and and it's 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 just just there's just not a reason to have it, right? I mean, we just we just don't we don't see it as a necessary. We don't see it as as providing. Yeah, I'll put it this way: I don't see the hierarchical way of you know uh just distinguishing your elders as contributing anything profitable mm-hmm. it might be neutral depending on the church and, and then obviously uh you know the the guys that are actually in leadership but i also see it as a potential for a lot of harm yeah yeah i think another thing too is you know the reason why i'm at my local church and we switched my wife and I left our last church primarily is because like 
I asked my one of my recent pastors, I said, well, why? He goes, you know what? It's like, we could have joined this network. We could have done this. We could have done that. We could have been a part of these, these big soirees of church planning networks, whatever. But it's like, we couldn't be a part of them because we're not changing the fact that we feel very much um, convinced that we need to be a plurality elders and we don't and shouldn't have any distinction within our elder team. Yeah. And I said, hmm, something different about that and something good about that as well, too. So, 100%. so yeah, 100%. that's that's a very different thing to have. And to have a local church that I know that I not only get to hear from maybe one pastor, two pastors, or all my pastors who are preaching and using and and edifying us through their preaching and teaching, that helps out a lot, too. Because that shows that that person is very unselfish in how they think about, you know, just, hey, I don't need to be preaching and teaching all the time. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Um, And, you know, it may come a season. I mean, we're in a season right now where we just had one of our elders, um, you know, he he and his wife and his and his sons are moving from here into Colorado primarily for for job reasons cuz he's a non-vocational elder but i mean you know we're not, we're down to two elders right now and that's kind of tough sometimes but it's like we we have a pipeline of guys in the program that's run that there's like three or four guys who hopefully will become elders within the church and will lead us more effectively and preach and teach and edify us more and so yeah sometimes uh that can be difficult in certain seasons like we're finding ourselves when we're kind of coming out of this last two years but uh it also can be very edifying knowing that those two men that i have right now i know that they will share their giftings and i know that they will prioritize being members first and not just our pastors, but members and our brothers first versus I'm your pastor first, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. That's it, man. Love us or hate us. That's where we stand. <laughs> <laughs> um, we hope that we have communicated clearly and gracefully that you're not hearing any hate coming from from our side, but, but uh, concern, concern and love for the church and obviously a desire for yeah. its health and what we believe to be the best way to go about things, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, man, that's good stuff. I think I people it. would hate more of my soda choices these days versus <laughs> what I just Your said. soda choices, <laughs> yeah, dude, you, you're- I'm on yeah, this, well, hey, with, with With Diet Dr. Pepper, I'm on yes, the zero 100%. sugar kick, y'all. I just had uh, Canada Dry Zero Sugar. Blew my oh mind, my y'all. Goodness Blew gracious. my mind, people. You, you. <laughs> I don't even know what to say, dude. Like I, so I was talking with Daniel the other day. I got oh, to hang yeah. out with Daniel. Yep. Longtime was, listeners he was will know. Roasted me from the Marcos too. Y'all. He was longtime <laughs> listeners will know Daniel. He was our first host. Or uh, yeah, back in the days of Daniel, uh, we were we were. He he mentioned how much of an uh, how much of an old 
man both you and I are. (laughs) (laughs) He said, you two are really just old men, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, we actually did a riff on that a little while ago. He's like, you you guys just love sitting around and like complaining about stuff. Tell I'm like, wait, two what? Grumpy okay, old guys on. in the Muppets, just two, man. <laughs> we're just, dude, we're Statler and Waldorf from the Muppets. That's who we are. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> uh, dude, hey, before we take off, um, we had a listener send us a resource that I want to give to some of our people because Jack mm. and I are all about giving you guys, give giving you guys good resources. Our listener, Richard Sebra, who is a longtime listener, awesome dude, appreciate the guy, he sent us uh, this link there where you guys can go, and I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to tell you where you can go. It's Ligonier.org, right? Mm-hmm. Head to Ligonier, head to their store, head to Collection, and then click on the Crucial Questions line, and you can get all of R.C. Sproul's books, the Crucial, the, the crucial Questions uh, series of books that he did, dude. For for uh, for download right now as an ebook, they're all free. Dang, they are free, dude. He answers questions as like, what's the relationship between the church and state? Why should I join a church? Does God exist? How can I be right with God? What is the Great Commission? What is predestination? Are people basically good? Like, I love this series of Sproul, where they're just like these short little booklets where he takes the question and he biblically goes through them as only Papa Sproul can. Yeah. So head to Ligonier, head to the store, collections, crucial question series. And they are available for ebook download for free. Thank you, Richard, for that recommendation. We hope you guys go download those. They always awesome. be doing that, though. Like, give any amount of money and get this free, like, crazy Reformation study Bible thing. It's just it's like, awesome. I love it. Okay. Take my money. Yeah, do it. Yeah, take my money. <laughs> take my money. Well... Jack, I think we we done uh, poked the sung, bear sir. enough. I think Big Eva sung. I think we done poked the bear enough for that for that app. Why don't you get us out of here, my guy? So, ladies and gentlemen, if you appreciate Josh and I's vacillations, our and ramblings, spicy means our <laughs> spiciness, our salt bay's peppering of salt. <laughs> we're the, the Reformed Baptist. We're the we're the Reformed Baptist salt bay. <laughs> That's what we are. <laughs> if you appreciate all the spiciness, all the flavor, if you will. Of, of uh, the memeage of our conversations and talks, you too can support us by following us on the sociables, if you will, mm-hmm. the Facebook, mm-hmm. the metaverse, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. NFTs, I'm not down with them. I don't know why people are down with them. If you're into that, go to the Facebook, find us there. Go to the Instagram, <laughs> go with chocolate, go and find us there. Or go to the Twitter, the tweeter, the tweaker. If you will find us there, all at the tag at Reformatory Pod. Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they can support us even further with a little kashiche, if you will. I, I gotta say, not being into NFTs is a really old man thing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, uh, dude. I just, I just, I don't know why I do this every time. I just popped another hard uh, candy, uh, a black currant oh. licorice from Wales that I was talking about last time. Now it's I in my it. mouth, and I can't. Anyway, yes, ladies and gentlemen, there are many ways that you can support Jack and I. Uh, you can support the podcast. You can support the movement, the 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 cultural phenomenon that is the Reformatory Podcast. 
to increase the centrality of the local church in the life of believers. You can support this in a lot of ways. One is prayer. We appreciate that. Two, if you're on iTunes or Spotify, you can rate us. Mm. You can give us five stars for five solas. Mm. And we know for a fact we have less ratings than we do people who listen on Apple or Spotify. I see the numbers. Yeah, I've seen it. I see it. I can see it. You know who you are. It takes five seconds. We would very much appreciate a rating. It helps get the podcast up to more people. You can head on over to Patreon if you so desire and give us a a a a $5 bill, $5 per month to support the reformatory and what we're doing here on the podcast and we pledge to you that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. We pledge that to you. Last but definitely not least, we have a website, reformatorypod.com. You can head on over there catch up on the most recent episode you can check out the the blog we got some blogs up there if you want to submit something to be posted on the blog about the local church man submit it we'll read it we'll get it up there we have a store local church merch (laughs) that's right people this is the phenomenon that we're talking about we've been getting listeners sending in all their pictures of the local church merch and we're just we can't share them fast enough we want you to be part of that movement Head on over to reformatorypod.com, get to the store, get yourself some of that local church merch. You will not regret it. We thank you all so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next step of The Reformatory. Reformatory.